You're listening to TIP. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Millennial Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Clay Fink. And today is another release of our mini episode series that is released every Saturday. The mini episode series is the type of episodes where it is just me diving into a specific topic related to personal finance, money, investing, and other money challenges that millennials might face in their life. With that, let's dive right in. You're listening to Millennial Investing by the Investors Podcast Network, where your hosts, Robert Leonard and Clay Fink, interview successful entrepreneurs, business leaders, and investors to help educate and inspire the millennial generation. All right. During this episode, I'm going to be covering why it is so difficult to beat the market. And by market, I mean the S&P 500. I think that many people almost assume that about anyone can beat a simple S&P 500 index fund, thinking that it really can't be that difficult. First, when someone chooses that they want to invest in stocks, one could either choose active management or passive management. Passive management involves simply buying a low-cost index fund that follows the trend of the overall stock market. The S&P 500, for example, owns 500 of the largest companies in the United States. Its top holdings include companies like Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, and so on. So when I say it is difficult to beat the market, by market, I generally mean the S&P 500, since it is a general indicator of the stock market as it holds 500 of the largest companies. Active management involves trying to pick and choose stocks, oftentimes with the goal of trying to beat the S&P 500. Because if you can't beat the S&P, then you might as well just take the passive strategy because it doesn't take any effort at all or waste any of your time trying to pick and choose and research stocks. Or for some people, they might be paying a money manager to pick and choose stocks for them. If you turn on CNBC or log into Twitter, you'll see a lot of people saying to buy some stock because they think it will do well over the next few years or for the long term for whatever reason. Or they might even say that the company is going to be the next Apple or the next Amazon. So the big question is, is stock picking and trying to get in and out of the markets a viable way to build wealth? Or is there a better way for most people? Many people will tell you that simply buying a low-cost index fund that tracks something like the S&P 500 is your best bet to building wealth. Using this method, you aren't trying to pick an individual horse in the race. You're just owning the whole market and getting the market's average return. You might be thinking that the average return of the market isn't that great. I mean, who wants to be just average? From a high level, it seems like Trying to pick and choose stocks would be a good idea, especially if you're hiring an expert to spend all of their working hours trying to beat the market. However, there was a recent study that showed that 25% of active managers underperformed passive index funds. So even someone that receives average returns actually ends up outperforming most other investors and even most investment experts. The word average here is a bit misleading. Average doesn't mean that this is what the average return that an investor makes. It means that it's the combined returns of the overall index. And most active managers underperform the market average, especially on a long time horizon. I think that a lot of people have a tough time settling for quote unquote average when it comes to investing. But the reality is that simply achieving average returns actually leads to you beating most other investors. So again, the word average here is a bit misleading. 
This reminds me of the famous Warren Buffett bet that many people are aware of. For those who aren't aware, in 2008, Buffett placed a million dollar bet with protege partners that the S&P 500 would be a basket of hand-selected actively managed funds. He opened the challenge to anybody and this company, Protege Partners, ended up taking the other side of the bet. This bet started around the time of the financial crisis, so initially the S&P 500 was underperforming the basket of actively managed funds. But once the overall market recovered, that performance really took a turn. After the 10-year period, the S&P 500 increased by 125.8%, while the basket of actively managed funds only returned 36%. The average returns on those two is 8.5% for the S&P 500 and 3.1% for the actively managed funds, which really isn't even a close comparison. You would think that many people that spend their entire day picking and choosing stocks would at least be able to achieve a return similar to the S&P 500. But you know, so far, that really hasn't been the case at all. One piece that Buffett was getting at with this bet is that these actively managed funds charge excessive fees. They're essentially charging people money to underperform the market, so fees aren't really benefiting investors at all. Oftentimes, these hedge funds will charge fees of 2%, while the Vanguard S&P 500 fund, ticker VOO, charges a fee of 0.03%, which ends up being pretty minuscule when comparing it to about anything else. So he was really trying to hit home that passive investing is almost always a better strategy than hiring an active manager over the long term because those high fees really compound over time. In the 2013 annual letter to shareholders, Buffett wrote, My advice could not be more simple. Put 10% of the cash in short-term government bonds and 90% in a very low-cost index fund. I suggest vanguards. I believe the trust's long-term results from this policy will be superior to those attained by most investors, whether it's pension funds, institutions, or individuals who employ high-fee managers. So if people who devote their whole lives to trying to find alpha can't outperform the market, why should retail investors believe that they can do it even just part-time? Let's dive into four reasons why I believe it is just so hard to be a passive index fund. Reason number one, the majority of the market's returns come from a small number of the stocks. I think this is a big reason that I don't think many people are aware of. Before being presented with the data, one might expect that roughly half the stocks in the market underperform and half outperform. It seems like a fairly logical assumption. The reality is that most stocks underperform the market, while a select few of the companies drastically outperform the market. There was a study that looked into this data across over a 1,000 companies from 1999 to 2019. The average return of the overall basket of stocks was 239% over that time period and just 26% of the companies had a return greater than the overall average. Roughly 7% of companies in the study were extreme outperformers that beat the market by more than two standard deviations, which is a total return of over 1,000% over the 20-year period. The top 10 performers included two technology names, Apple and Amazon, but the other eight in the top 10 were not in the technology sector, which I think would surprise people as it surprised me. They included companies like United Healthcare, Humana, AutoZone, and Lockheed Martin. So recognizing that technology was going to be a big part of our future wasn't enough to pick the top stocks as only two out of the top 10 were in the tech sector. Let's take a quick break and hear from today's sponsors. Hey everyone, it's Patrick, your host of Millennial Investing. Every year, my buddies and I do a guy's trip to escape the cold and dreary Ohio winters. 
Once we pick our destination, without fail, we all jump on Airbnb and find an incredible place to stay. We just got back from an amazing trip in Palm Springs, California, and our Airbnb home was a huge part of creating memories we'll never forget. I loved it so much, I'm taking my family back to Palm Springs for spring break, and we're staying in an Airbnb home my kids fell in love with and picked out themselves. While I was there, I had the realization that my own home could be an Airbnb. It's an excellent way to earn some extra cash, whether you're saving up for your next vacation, paying off some bills, or investing. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That's airbnb.com slash host. Hey guys, have you ever wondered if there's an AI tool like ChatGPT specifically built for the stock market? A tool that not only does the research and analysis for you, but also allows for dynamic discussions? Well, wonder no more. Meet Meka, your AI-powered stock research assistant, now enhanced with real-time stock data. Let Meka do the heavy lifting for you to significantly reduce your research time. And the best part, Meka is 100% free. Ask Meka questions like, explore the financial health of Apple through a summary of its balance sheet. Compare the financial statements of Apple and Tesla. What is the analyst price target for Microsoft? What is the social sentiment analysis of Amazon and millions of other queries right at your fingertips? Visit Meka.com. That's M-E-Y-K-A.com. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting fundrise.com slash millennial investing. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found on the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com slash flagship. This is a paid advertisement. All right. Back to the show. Since most of the returns come from a select few of the companies in the market, this means that you're going to need to select some of the top companies beforehand. The stock pickers that are able to overweight those strong performers are going to enjoy extraordinary returns should they pick the right companies to own. Another difficulty in trying to beat the market is that top performing companies tend to be very volatile. For example, Amazon was the fifth best performing stock during the period they studied. And after the 2000 tech crash, Amazon stock declined over 90%. And after that, through 2019, it had a correction of 25% or more on five different occasions. Netflix is another top performer. Netflix had one correction of over 70%, one correction of over 50%, and four corrections greater than 25%. So holding many of these top performing companies is not an easy task as you need to have the conviction to hold them through some very tough drawdowns, which also means that you're likely going to have to underperform the market by a wide margin when these companies have these large downturns. When you own all of the market, you ensure that you hold many of the winners, but you also own a lot of the losers as well. This ensures that your ride will be a lot more smooth and will decrease your overall risk as well. So summing up point number one to why it's so hard to beat the market, a majority of the returns just come from so few of the stocks. So to outperform, you're going to have to select those outliers that just do really, really well. 
Reason number two, with active management, there is some element of timing the market involved. Rather than just dollar cost averaging in, you have to decide when is it a good time to get in and out of your positions. You might find a great company to buy, but end up purchasing it at a really bad time. So when you're picking and choosing stocks, you're having to try and time the market with your picks, which has proven to be a pretty difficult task. Reason number three why it's so hard to beat the market. The passive indexes give more weight to your winners and less to your losers. Once many companies inevitably have very poor returns, oftentimes they will drop out of the index and be replaced by new companies. On the flip side, as your outperformers grow and do very well, these holdings naturally become a larger portion of the overall index. This reminds me of the quote, watering your flowers and cutting your weeds. So when you're passively investing, you're essentially letting the market decide how your portfolio should be weighted. It's self-cleansing in that it automatically drops the worst performers from your portfolio and continues to add to your winners. This helps boost the returns of a passive portfolio over time. Reason number four why I think it's so hard to beat the market. Human psychology. At the end of the day, we are all humans. Markets have a funny way of swinging our emotions back and forth, and many people get excited about their investments, and they tend to buy them after they've gone up. They realize how great of a company Tesla was after it's risen significantly. Then when the market corrects, they start to second-guess themselves, and they think that, oh, maybe they were wrong about this company. So it takes an incredible amount of temperament to be able to fight these temptations that your emotions and human psychology are going to push you to do. Investing and building wealth is all about buying something at a good price and letting it compound over time. If you're prone to buying something after it's gone up and selling it after it's gone down, then you're probably much better off just averaging into an index fund as you know it's a good performer over time over the long run and it's much more stable of an investment compared to a lot of high performing companies. A lot of times when people invest, they want to invest in something very exciting, thinking that they are buying the next Apple or buying the next Amazon that could increase in value by 10x or 20x or 30x. And most people don't see that buying the S&P 500 and waiting for decades as something that's very exciting at all, even though it's proven and an almost guaranteed way to build wealth over the long run. So to summarize my four points... One, the returns of the index are largely driven by outlier companies that are top performers. Roughly 7% of companies are the outliers that drive the majority of the market's returns. And 74% of companies have underperformed the market returns. Number two, with being an active manager, market timing is a key component of beating the market. And timing the market is extremely difficult. Three, Passive investing is self-cleansing as many of the losers are filtered out of your portfolio and the winners are given more weight. And four, in order to beat the market, you must have a very strong temperament and control of your emotions to avoid buying and selling at the wrong times. The best stock pickers in the world are able to take hold of their emotions, which is also very difficult to do. Warren Buffett is a prime example of someone that is the right temperament to be a fantastic investor. If I were to add a fifth point, I would also mention that those who hire an active manager are often paying a 1% or 2% fee to manage their money. This also makes it very difficult to beat the market, and those fees compound over time. Regardless if the fund is up or down over the year, you'll always be paying those fees with most fund managers, making it even more costly. And people's livelihoods revolve around this industry, so there's a lot of marketing that goes into servicing these plans and pitch people on investing in them so they can continue to collect their fees. 
A lot of people will have their index funds as the base foundation of their portfolio and have a certain percentage of their portfolio be towards something that they think that can help them beat the market or maybe diversify into other asset classes. This could be, say, 5 or 10% of your portfolio. The number is really different for everybody, and it has to suit your needs and your goals. You can essentially count on your index funds doing well over a long enough time horizon. So you can take this other smaller part of your portfolio if you want to try and take on that challenge. This could be through buying individual stocks or buying Bitcoin or buying commodities or buying other various asset classes. Again, the index funds would set you up for retirement and you'd still be okay if that small part of your portfolio doesn't end up beating the market or ends up going to zero or does really poorly or whatever it is. Also, I wanted to mention when preparing for this episode, I was reading through J.L. Collins' book, The Simple Path to Wealth. My co-host Robert actually had J.L. Collins on the Millennial Investing Show on episode 41 if you're interested in checking that episode out. And I'll be sure to link the book and the episode in the show notes for those that are interested. With all this said, it isn't to say that you shouldn't ever invest in individual stocks. I'd say you just need to be aware of the facts and understand just how difficult it is to actually beat the market. Many people out there do enjoy picking stocks and researching companies and end up being able to outperform the market. Just realize that it does take quite a bit of work to do, and it also requires a bit of luck as well. All right, that's all I had for today's episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. If you guys have any questions related to anything I discussed during this episode, feel free to reach out to me. My email is clay at theinvestorspodcast.com. And on Twitter, my username is at clay underscore fink. That's at C-L-A-Y underscore F-I-N-C-K. I'll be sure to get back to you when I have a chance and I'd be happy to try and help you guys out. Feel free to let me know if you have any ideas you'd like me to discuss in future mini episodes. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you again next time. Thank you for listening to TIP. Make sure to subscribe to We Study Billionaires by the Investors Podcast Network. Every Wednesday, we teach you about Bitcoin and every Saturday, we study billionaires and the financial markets. To access our show notes, transcripts or courses, go to theinvestorspodcast.com. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any decision, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by the Investors Podcast Network. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.